When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. He's addicted to success and that's okay. This is the Rich Eisen Show. There you go. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Bless the Clippers, man, with Reggie Jackson. And Reggie Jackson splashes another one home. Mr. June, as you texted me last night, Chris. <laughs> Mr. June. The Rich Eisen Show. Up and under with a little English from Reggie Jackson. Today's guests, ESPN NBA analyst and NBA champion Richard Jefferson. From NBC Sports Boston, Tom Curran. Plus ESPN MMA journalist Ariel Helwani. And now... It's Rich Eisen. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show, live in Los Angeles, California, for a busy mid-June Monday. NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, and Major League Baseball right in the middle of June, right in the middle of mandatory minicamp country in the National Football League. We've got a lot going on here. Yes, the uh, Euro Cup is going on right now, and uh, we're... We're locked in, man. We're, all of us have just been watching football all weekend long. All We're weekend long. Poland and Slovakia just got underway, Why Rich. They? So Why I'm they? not going to be paying attention. Why for wouldn't the next they? Night. Normally, you're you're more locked in on Poland Springs coming to you straight from Maine. <laughs> Thank you. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> what it means to be from Maine. Hey, good to see you. Sir. Hey. What's up, man? What's up, Mike Del Tufo? I'm doing well. Rich, how you doing? Why did you have to think about that? I was, uh, I was just thinking <laughs> like about you're looking, the, no, no, no. that you guys are now which, soccer fans. No, I like that you no, guys are soccer fans. Which hot chick is on television that he's paying attention <laughs> to right there? Lewandowski's wife. Look at him. Yes. Totally, That's what we were talking about. Totally soccer, blushing soccer. right now. Unless you were had a very nice sunny weekend on the boat. I actually had a great weekend Maybe on the boat. Yes. How are you, TJ Jefferson? Good to see you over there, sir. Good to see you, Rich. And for full disclosure, I really haven't been into this soccer all weekend. Oh, DJ. Just to throw that out there. Well, Personally, had, I haven't been. You but. had uh, one of those really rare double dips, didn't you? I did. did you, had, you had the Clippers win and you had the Sixers win. And the Mets lost. So oh, that was boy. Nice. Can't get it all done. <laughs> Can't get it all done. We're back, though, Rich. We're back. You know, hey, listen. Every single uh, NBA conference championship set up, both of them, uh, every year, there's four storylines, right? Because that that's when 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 you get the final four in the NBA, and I know you don't usually use that term for professional basketball, but when there's only four teams left in the NBA playoffs, um, you 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 begin to figure out the storylines. At least that's what I do. I'm a storyline guy. That's what I do. I don't do X's and O's. I don't do all 22. I don't do uh, you know any of that. Uh, I, I'm about stories. I'm about storylines. Storylines. And um, and and last year, perfect example in the in the bubble, right? It was the plucky Denver Nuggets, the plucky Miami Heat. Could this be Jimmy Butler's moment? 
uh, Jamal Murray's coming out party, right? Obviously, with the Lakers, it was, can LeBron do it? Can Anthony Davis do it? And uh, with your Celtics, I, I guess it was, can they get there? And Brad Stevens, can he can he join the pantheon of uh, Celtics coaches? Now he's joined the pantheon of Celtics front office executives. I still can't believe that. <laughs> no, you know, the Bucks weren't even part of that party last year. Nope. Bounced early. But here we are uh, in these playoffs. State Farm playing tournament and all, and now these playoffs. <laughs> what if I told you? What if I told you? The first team to be sitting in a conference semifinal, uh, conference final position, the first team in an NBA semifinal, conference final position. That's the way I'll try and fix my misspeaking. What if I told you it would be the Phoenix Suns? Sitting there, chilling and waiting, chillaxing and waiting. <laughs> This is after, you know, uh, Chris Paul gets hurt. The narrative appeared to be yet another time where Chris Paul has a possibility. Chris Paul has a path to a championship because a championship team is what he is at the center of. And a main emotional, physical cog in that machine. But injury comes and hits him. That was the more likely scenario for these playoffs. But now... Now we have our first team in and we have our first storyline for this year's NBA championship. And I know they're not playing for it yet, but they're waiting and watching Utah and the Clippers no doubt beat each other up. That has seven games scrawled all over it, certainly with playoff P showing up here in Los Angeles. Yes, indeed. Finally. So here's the first storyline of this year's NBA playoffs that is absolutely crystallized for the championship, is this Chris Paul's moment? Is this his time? As he sweeps out, along with Devin Booker, as he sweeps (laughs) out the Nuggets and the MVP of the league, swept out as Jokic had his Zidane moment, (laughs) <laughs> in yesterday's closeout game. Yep. And 125-118 is your final score. Devin Booker, 34 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists. Jay Crowder doing Jay Crowder things. Five blocks for Jay. But Chris Paul, with a 37-point performance, becomes the oldest player to score that many points in a closeout game. So add to Chris Paul's career and his resume. Nobody in the history of the NBA at the age of 36 or older has ever scored that many points in closing a team out. And in so doing, he wraps up the four-game series averaging 25.5 points a game, 10.3 assists per game, shooting 62.7% In those four games, with that stat line, not only is the oldest player to ever average 25 and 10 in a playoff series, but he is the first player of any age to shoot that high a percentage of 62.7% in so averaging that stat line of 25 and 10. 
Chris Paul, everybody. I mean, couldn't happen to a guy more deserving. You're right. This is his moment. This is his time. And I think Phoenix should be the favorite to win the title. Uh, hold on a second. You got to pump baby. those brakes. Easy and I know baby. you're factoring what in. Break? Like, I know you're on, factoring guys. the fact that Kyrie Irving left yesterday's game four in Milwaukee in a walking boot and crutches, according to Rachel Nichols. And, you know, the Sixers are not yet having their moment. And we will see what the Bucks can potentially do with a banged up Nets squad or if the Nets can come back together. However... You've got the Utah Jazz and the Clippers also. I don't know about calling them the front runner for the title. You could put that in your overreaction Monday segment for later on. That's where I would categorize that. I don't blame you for feeling enthusiastic on behalf of Chris Paul. I'll, I'll just I'll I'll just respectfully disagree with you there. Well, we can but talk they have about been, it later. No, but they have been spectacular I don't think Jokic should have been ejected I know what the rule is that you really oh. I know the rule is if you make contact with somebody's face and I think the wind-up was maybe a part of his frustration I don't think he had any intention of breaking someone's nose or potentially breaking anybody's nose although the still photograph we see here I mean, is him on. like winding up and trying to hit somebody he he made all ball but he did actually he hit somebody in the ball. face like he why, did, why, he did, why does he have a black eye? Like, come on, guys. All ball. Ejected from a game? I mean, do you think would LeBron have been ejected from that game? Not a fair. Not gonna, LeBron, wouldn't have, LeBron wouldn't have done it in the first place. But it's not a fair comparison. You can't say that. That's apples to bowling balls. Uh, they're, they're, the apples to bowling balls, they're both MVPs of the league. That's the MVP of the league. That's the MVP of the league. LeBron's not going to take out his frustration because he's getting swept and worked. I saw it on, I, a, on a on a player like Cameron Payne. I saw it and I thought to myself, "That's frustration." He absolutely he, should have been you ejected. Think he, you think he, he meant to hit him was. in the face? You think he meant to hit him in the face? Doesn't matter. The guy didn't intend to hit Pilar in the face with a fastball, but it happened. All right. Well, I, think break that's the kind of, on this I think one? that's kind of apples to bowling balls right like there. The wind-up wind and to, the attempt A baseball to there. a face is a little different than that. So that what do you what that, do you what do you, you want to break the tie on whether Jokic should have been ejected? I mean, I think I mean this is the MVP of the league in the closeout game. The MVP of the league and like uh, you have to look it, at it both ways. Like you said it, he's the MVP of the league. If you look at his history, he doesn't have a history of playing dirty. But if the rules say that you hit no, somebody the in the face, yeah, he definitely hit him in the it's face. Flagrant do, too. do I feel like he should have been ejected? No, I don't. But if you know, if that's the rule, unfortunately, that's the rule. I, I'm also one who feels like Jimmy Johnson. Sometimes you have to give leeway in different places. But and if it's that's also the rule, like, that's the rule. Everyone's saying closeout game. It's not like it's game seven, guys. They're they're about to get swept. So, mm. come on. And I'll just uh, I'll I'll tip my cap, if you will, to the Denver Nuggets. What a run! What a run from that bubble, and they were the final remaining bubble team in this year's playoffs. And they had an incredible run after losing Jamal Murray. I mean, I guess they've that's two straight years of the incredible run trophy, <laughs> which doesn't exist. But. Um, Rich, I don't know what would have happened had Jamal Murray not gotten injured, but I'm pretty sure the brooms would not have been out. Oh, Jam- I, would, I mean, I would. Jamal Murray, Murray well, makes this. Well, Jokic wouldn't have won MVP of the league. I don't I, think. I think he was the front think, runner before Murray even got hurt, though, I think right? he was the MVP of the league because of what they did and what he did after Murray went out. I think Jokic was the front runner 
I mean, Murray got hurt in early April. Yeah, early April. I think Joker was already like he was up there along with MB. Yeah, there were a and, lot of guys involved. I think Jokic also benefited from a lot of other guys getting injured. Well, let's just put a pin in that but for Denver a second. Had, this could Denver be, had title hopes. These could be more conversations yeah. for overreaction Monday NBA playoffs, and certainly, I'm sure, Chris, one of your overreaction Monday topics will no doubt be Kevin Durant is not as great as everybody thinks he is. And look at what he looks like when he doesn't have a super team around. <laughs> oh, jeez, that, that, that was that was that was. Um, go ahead, say it, Rich. We'll tweet it out, and we'll get a bunch of you know. Just, just say it, Rich. It was all over my Twitter feed. It wasn't all over your Twitter feed. <laughs> no, I was too busy arguing like with that, people about joking. That Kyrie, Kyrie's out, and Dur- and uh, and now Durant's all alone because Harden's been out, and now look at him. They fall apart. He can't take the team and put it on his back and beat the Bucks. One superstar on, you know, what, one plus, if you want to throw Middleton into that Middleton category because he yesterday. has been balling out in the series. He's been playing terrific basketball in the series. Well, the last two games. He won't. Well, two Dude, dubs. Obviously. <laughs> I mean, the, I'm the saying, got... like, Middleton was, was garbage the first two games in oh, Brooklyn. Oh, my gosh. It's just hot. He just showed up all sorts of hot taking. Of course he did. They stunk. They looked terrible. The Bucks stunk. But he's been playing terrific basketball in the series. I mean, I guess the first two, the 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 Bucks played horrible basketball. Nobody played good basketball. The first two, I guess I should say, in the last two games. Pardon me. <laughs> I'm not criticizing. Whole, I'm just saying idea, like they were. The he whole, was awful the first the, two games. The whole idea that Durant isn't one of the all-time great players and isn't that, one of the best players in the league today and proof positive is the fact that they collapsed the minute that Kyrie went out and he doesn't have Harden. And now look at him. You know, Now look at him. His kryptonite is him being by himself. <laughs> Which he's not. Which he's never really and, been before. And by the way, if, if they think P.J. Tucker is fouling hard, Wait till Durant might be the only superstar out on the floor for the Nets. I mean, Tucker is just going to be just rolled down the lane in his direction just to try and beat him up physically. He'll take his six fouls and get the hell out of there, but hopefully score some and grab some rebounds before doing that. Middleton played some great D on uh, Durant. So now Nets in, well. Nets in trouble, everybody, because Kyrie's in a walking boot, and and Steve Nash rightfully says they're not going to force Harden back sooner rather than they need to. Game five coming up. Does Steve Nash have Brooklyn. any miles left? Could he play <laughs> this week? <laughs> and I'll tell you what, a banged up Nets team and a Bucks team or a Bucks team that barely squeaks by him is exactly what the Sixers want. Oh, I mean, seriously, just take care of business against Atlanta. Get out of Dodge. Oh, rest up. Do that, rest up, Embiid, and then just get ready for, you know, Kyrie coming back from an ankle injury that put him in a walking boot initially, and Harden having an, a, a, a hamstring injury that could go at any time. And that's exactly what you need in Philadelphia. We'll talk about it with Richard Jefferson of the uh, worldwide leader in sports, also the man who sits next to Ian Eagle for the Nets. We'll talk to him. Uh, it is mandatory minicamp week for much of the National Football League, including the New England Patriots, who do apparently have Cam Newton back at the controls after hurting his hand in a practice a couple weeks ago. Patriots, one of those fascinating teams. Not many teams have that many trophies in the case and an all-time great coach coming off of a free agency period in which they spent $160 million Ooh. and also have a third-place schedule. I proffer to say the Patriots have never been in that position. 
<laughs> and um, we'll talk to our buddy Tommy Curran. Tommy. And Ariel Helwani will join us after a fascinating UFC weekend in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, last style bender, took care of business, cursed up a storm. <laughs> um, uh, Nate Diaz lost, but bled like a stuck pig and almost won. It's still bleeding. <laughs> I've never seen I've never seen somebody not scream and yell like crazy after having their elbow uh, dislocated. Yeah, right. Well, that happened. I mean, if you dislocate my elbow, I'm not just going to look up and say, "Is this it? Are we over now? Is this it?" I was just telling these guys earlier. Seen I dislocated like my kneecap years ago, Rich, and oof. and uh, Ariel Hawani joining us apparently in a momentous day. I think he is. Le- he's announced he is leaving uh, the warm embrace of of ESPN. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk to him. Whatever he can share about his next pastures. That's how we're rolling here on this busy Monday show. Overreaction Monday from the NBA. Um, the New York Yankees keep losing, <laughs> and Aaron Boone was asked if the Yankees are getting used to it. How about them apples? Mark Murphy, the uh, CEO of the Green Bay Packers, just two weeks after putting in black and white on the team's website, the lesser said about Aaron Rodgers, the better, calls him a complicated fella. (laughs) Read the room, bro. Oh, boy, do I have lots to say on all these subject matters. (laughs) Lots to say on all these subject matters. And the fact that uh, people still can't uh, react to one another uh, now that we're out of the pandemic, uh, uh, a flight apparently goes back to a gate because people are arguing over the armrest. Oh, we have two cents on that subject matter. But hey, but hey, you can sometimes learn something from people who who are just beginning to figure out that you have to be um, civilized. serviceable, civilized members of society. Sons and uh, four. Sons and four. <laughs> sons and four sons guys. And four. Sons and four guys. I mean. If this guy becomes famous because he beat the crap out of a Nugget fan, and as the Nugget fan is leaving with his face in pieces, says sons and four. <laughs> Did you say if he becomes famous? Well, no. I, mean, no, 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 no. Yeah. I know that happened on Twitter, but I mean, like, yeah, if he yeah. shows up, you know, in Phoenix, like he's celebrated, like the, the gorilla mascot, you know? I would think Maybe they should put him in that, in that outfit, start hitting yeah. other people. Hey, look out, Clipper fans and Utah fans. This guy's coming for you. <laughs> and with a prediction. Sounds in four. <sighs> All right, that's how we're rolling here on this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. We'll take a break, and we will come back right here on this program. Richard Jefferson, Tom Curran, Ariel Halwani, and more right here on the program. And you at 844-204-RICH. When Odyssey created their White Hot Putters 20 years ago, it ignited a putting revolution because there is an insert, a famous urethane insert that Odyssey puts in their White Hot Putters. Golfers everywhere came to love it. Guess what? It's back and in an even better White Hot design, completely reimagined. They're calling them White Hot OG Putters. A reintroduction that is simple with the two ball, the Rossi, the number seven, the rest of the head shapes now sport modern upgrades and fine surface milling for an ultra premium look to inspire confidence over the ball, especially when you know that the white hot OG putters feature the most popular insert of all time. A beautiful balance of nostalgia and craftsmanship. You have to see to believe I use it. You could too. You should too, because if you feel as confident as I do over the ball, you will understand that it's legendary then and iconic now. See the White Hot OG family of putters today at odysseygolf.com. Back with Richard Jefferson, your phone calls, and more here on this busy Monday program. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets. 
at the Rich Eisen Show, and every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it, and then the all-in prices. That's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all-in before you purchase. So all the guests were is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. All right, I got a little bit of the butterflies right now. I'm not going to lie. Because uh, you, Billy Bob Thornton, were the inspiration of the Rich Eisen Show show open at the Super Bowl in Houston, where I channeled my inner Billy Bob Thornton as your character in Friday Night Lights. Nice. And I'd like to play you the open right now and get your thoughts. Okay. Okay, let's check it out. Now, most of you have been doing this for years, so it's real simple. We've got one week and that's it. Y'all know me for a while. And while you've heard me talk about being perfect, I want you to understand something. To me, being perfect is not about our ratings. (laughs) Not about how often Del Tufo drops out my mic audio. <laughs> it's about you and your relationships to your family, friends, and co-workers. <laughs> being perfect is about being able to look to the guy next to you in the eye and know you didn't let them down because you're spitting the truth. And that truth is, you did everything you could to make this show break. Look each other in the eyes. Put each other in your scripts forever. Because forever is about to happen this week in Houston. Boys, my heart is full. My host chair is full. (laughs) Now let's go out there and broadcast. (laughs) Wow. You know what? That was thoroughly entertaining. (laughs) Thoroughly entertaining. Yeah. I and and I'm really shocked at how much we look alike. I didn't realize that. <laughs> well, let's take a look. I mean, I mean uh, obviously I needed a little bit of help, but it's not bad. I I think you did a really good job. I mean, honestly, the only thing, mm-hmm. if you want to pursue this as, as a career, mm-hmm. is you still had a little bit of the 
sportscaster voice. You know, in other words, it wasn't as human. It was more the, uh, have you ever heard Hank Azaria or Harry Shearer do the baseball <laughs> sure. guy? Yeah, of course. I mean, he did, he did this thing for me one time, and I can't do it very well, but the first time I ever heard Hank do this, and it was a long time ago. Yeah. And he said, uh, you know, Tom Needenfuhrer is allergic to shellfish. <laughs> and he's talking about how baseball announcers, yeah. it's like an aside, you know, the, the game. Yeah. And every, things about the story. He said, uh, so a few of the guys took him out to dinner the other night and they buried some shrimp up under his pasta. And that's in there for strike two. <laughs> and you know what I mean? It's, yeah, just it's, so, like, it's like I needed a toupee to look just like Billy Bob Thornton. That's uh, bowl two outside. But, right, right, exactly. <laughs> so, but I've got something. I think you got something going. Yeah. Three years ago today, I've done nothing with that something. <laughs> Back here on the Rich Eisen Show. That was fun memory lane with Billy Bob Thornton we just showed to our Peacock audience three years ago today. Uh, our full archive at youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. We're pleased to have back here on the program one of our favorites that we uh, enjoy watching talk about uh, the, the association that he played for so many years in and won in as well now he's one of the best announcers talking about it on espn as well as locally uh, along with iron eagle uh broadcasting nets games richard jefferson back here on the rich eisen show how are you doing richard i'm great rich thanks for having me you got it so um what do you think the state of the nets are right now as you and i are sitting <laughs> here talking richard well I, I think looking back on that game three that grinded out and how important it was. A lot of people saw that as like, oh, well, the Nets aren't going to shoot like this, and Kyrie and Kevin are going to be fine. And, and I, I've always felt this. The longer this series goes, the more it favors Milwaukee. Uh, from the standpoint of, you know, you lose James Harden in that, you know, and after the second play, now you're asking Kevin and, Ky and, and Kyrie to to hold down the fort against high-level basketball. Oh, excuse me. And they haven't done that consistently. So, um, you know, they've had injuries. They've been banged up and COVID protocol. But now you're like, oh, you got to go six games against Boston. you got to go five, six, seven games against Milwaukee. you got to go five, six, seven games against Philly or, or whoever's coming out on that side. So I just think that, you know, the Nets, because of their injuries, and I think losing that game three in that tight one, I think the momentum has completely shifted, especially now with the Kyrie injury. That that's, you know, even if he misses a week, that that pretty much, in my opinion, probably puts them in a very very difficult position. So it it does look like, in your opinion, that this is going to have to be finished up by Durant and the rest of the supporting cast minus the two other super teamers on the roster. That's the way you're looking at it right now. Yeah. And, and even when you look at, you know, let, let's go back in the past and look at some injuries, you know, I, I'll stand by it. Toronto did everything that they needed to do. And Kawhi Leonard had one of the best runs that we had seen in a while, but ultimately Kevin Durant being out and Clay Thompson being out is the reason why the Golden State Warriors didn't win a championship. And right now you have a situation where James Harden and his hamstring that he's been dealing with for months now and there is no timetable, and even you can only count on what you can count on. So even if you know he's able to come back in a, in, a, in a week or able to come back in a couple of days, that hamstring's been giving him problems for months. It set him out. So how can you really, you know, take into account, you know, can he really do the type of load 
especially with Kyrie being out. So it, it's just been it, – it's very tough. I, I believe in Kevin Durant. He's one of the best players in the world. I'm not saying that that guy can't win two games by himself, but the road is definitely very, very difficult. Richard Jefferson uh, here on the Rich Eisen Show. What do, you, what do you know about Harden? Anything? What are you hearing about his hamstring and – and then, there's really, there, there, there's not much to be said. You know, Rich, you've been doing this, you know, since you know before I was born. Uh, not <laughs> I know. You know those hamstrings, especially. It's like the minute you hear hamstring, the first thing you hear is reoccurring. Like in your brain, you hear recurring. Right. From the standpoint of like, it happens once, you try and come back too early, then it happens again, and then now it's just something that a maintenance to get you through the season and. You know, hamstrings are just one of those, like, injuries that if you don't take two, three months off, it's never going to fully heal, and there's always going to be twinge. There's always going to be, you know, things. So I haven't heard anything specifically. I haven't even heard much about Kyrie's ankle. But, again, giving it the eye test, Kyrie had his hands full with Drew Holiday being 100% healthy. Like, Drew Holiday was doing a very good job. Both those guys were competing really well. So now, you know, with Kyrie with that ankle, let's say Kyrie's at 70%. Like, even if he's able to go out there and he's at 70 75%, that doesn't give, you know, a lot of room for error still. So I just think it's very, very difficult, the position that they're in. Now, again, we've seen crazier things. you got Kevin Durant on your team, you got a chance, right? Like, it doesn't matter who you're playing against, who are the other five guys, you have a chance. It might be small, but you have a chance. Richard Jefferson here on the Rich Eisen Show. So what do you think is going through Durant's mind? Very, you know, um, very few athletes are seemingly as attuned to what is being said about him, quite like Kevin. And, you know, the silly backlash that occurred during the second half of that game yesterday is that look at what Durant looks like without his super team friends. Um, so what do you think his mindset is right now as you and I are talking going into that crucial game five Tuesday night, Richard. Well, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to speak for Kevin Durant because I don't, I don't know his mindset. I, I know that he's one of those guys, just like every great player goes out there with something to prove. Um, that's always, that's just how they're made up. Kobe's, the LeBron's, uh, they just go out there with something to prove. Not that they need validation, but that's how they stay motivated after all the accolades and all the success. Like every time they step on the court, they're trying to prove something. Uh, I don't make a ton of all that BS that's being said because people just want to crack jokes, but Kevin Durant is different than some of the other great players. Like James Harden is one of those guys that can give you 35 and 10, so he's getting other people involved. Uh, Luka Doncic, another guy that gives you, you know, 35, 40, and 10. LeBron James, you know, those are guys that just, they are in an offense amongst themselves. You plot them on the floor, they're going to go get their points and they're going to make sure that they're responsible for 20, 30 points on the other side. I think Kevin Durant is more of just a lethal, lethal scorer. And so for him, he's got to figure out a way to get other people involved because he has that ability. But also he's got to go out there and make sure he's putting up 35, 35-ish points, you know, if they're going to have a chance to win this series. So um, I don't know his mindset, but I think he's definitely doing the equation of what is it that I need to do to be successful in this series. Let's put in perspective, if you can, for us, um, Richard Jefferson, what Chris Paul's doing. Uh, <laughs> he, he is somebody who, who retired from the NBA at the age of 37. Here he is at the age of 36 doing what he did 
uh, not just last night, but in that entire series, doing what he did coming back from what looked like a very serious shoulder uh, injury against the Lakers. Put in perspective from your uh, perspective what um, Chris Paul's been doing, if you don't mind. You know, it, it's, I think we make too much of these legacy talks and all of this other stuff. Uh, but I know Chris Paul, is just, he's just been doing it for so long, his defense, his offense, his, his focus. You know, he's definitely, as much as he's, you know, running the young players right now, he's always had an old-school, grinded type of aggressive vibe to him. That's just Chris Paul. And, you know, people joke and say he rubs people the wrong way, but, you know, I've been having conversations just like, where would you rank Chris Paul all time? And I was like, dude, if Chris Paul goes in NBA Finals, like at this point in time, there's probably only four or five point guards that you would even consider that to be better than him in modern day. I'm not going to go back to the Bob Cousy's and right. that space, but you know, if you're talking about Jason Kidd, Magic Johnson, John Stockton, Steve Nash, Isaiah, like how many? Like, like the the list is very, very small. Mm-hmm. If you look at defensively, offensively, what he's able to do, and then the longevity and what he's able to do. Um, you know, there's conversations about him. You know, people, you know, basically giving up on him. You know, ship him off to OKC. They're not sure what they're going to do. He takes him to the postseason, has a little value. Then James Jones decides to, you know, say, hey, come on, come do what you did in, in OKC, come do it in Phoenix. And he has delivered in spades. It's been so, so impressive. So I'm still curious to see how it ends up. You know, I don't know who's going to come out on that other side, but Utah, Clippers, those are, those are, that's a big, big matchup, but Phoenix looks really good right now. Well, let me tell you, man, just seeing Chris Paul being in the NBA Finals, and then I, I would love to see the Nets there as well, to be honest with you, just for the fact that, you know, Chris Paul, uh, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, all in an NBA Finals, although on separate teams, and then the other person who's right there is Harden, apparently, with whom he did not famously get along to. That's why he wound up at OKC, winding up in Phoenix. I mean, that would be off the charts. <laughs> I mean, that yeah, would be there, off the there charts. Definitely, there would definitely be some some uh, some uh, poeticness to that. But uh, we'll see. I think Phoenix looks like they're in a good spot. They Obviously, whoever they're going to get next is going to be a load. But I think the Brooklyn Nets right now have a lot on their plate. Um, and, and I'm very, very curious to see how, how they react to it. So what, do you, what did you think of Jokic getting ejected? Do you think he deserved it? Yes, no. Sir? No, it's just so tough. And... We know as players, like we're all looking for competitive edges. Somebody swipes at you, and you're going to go down and hold your nose, and you're going to go down. But it's just like even when you look at the replay, he didn't hit his face. Am I was I missing something? I thought he it was the big, huge wind up. His size, the size of uh, who he hit, the fact that uh, he did seem to make contact with his face. I mean, we got a still photograph right now. He just looks like one of those wing fighters coming in to, to take out an Ewok. You know what I mean? Like it's, <laughs> it just, it doesn't look fair. Um, so well, we, we, we also have to, but we also have to take into account that players will embellish it. Players will embellish it because look, if the MVP is thrown out of the game or something happens, it benefits you. You don't care. I'll look, I'll flop to get the MVP thrown out of the game right now. Give me a jersey. I'll go out there. I'll go out there for and, and do anything I can to get him out of the game. But I, look, I, I think the NBA is doing their best to clean up stuff. But you know, sometimes you come up with solutions to to problems that didn't exist. And I think the NBA has done that in a lot of different instances. You're trying to come up with 
you know, solutions, that problems that weren't even necessary. You know, all the reviews, all the different things that are going on. Now it's just a little flagrant one. But you have people that have watched the game of basketball their entire lives, like Mark Jackson and Doris Burke and, and Jeff Van Gundy. And they, they, they are 50-50 on the flagrant calls. Like, those guys have sat there in those seats for, for 15 years, and they literally are 50-50 on, well, is that a flagrant? Well, I, we called a flagrant last week on that, or is that a flagrant one? So it just shows you that they need to address it. They need to make things a little bit more clear, and they need to make sure that, you know, while you're trying to protect the players, you also have to look at it and see that players are trying to embellish to get the competitive advantage. If you had to choose a one seed remaining for most likely to win it all, which one would it be? Uh, Utah. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Why is that? Utah. Why? They just look so good. And I know the Clippers The Clippers are starting to play well. I think people are starting to realize that T. Lou teams, they get better as series goes on. Right? Like, he just starts to figure it out. He's very big on, you know, you call him a, a chess player. And I think now, you know, where Utah's in a little bit of trouble, I think taking Zubak off and playing uh, Batum, now you're forcing Rudy the whole time to guard to guard a small player. Uh, not having Serge Ibaka is the one that really hurts him because Serge Ibaka could stretch the floor and he could guard Rudy and, and give you uh, some presence like from the shot-blocking standpoint. Obviously, he's hurt, but like you just look back and it's like, oh, Serge Ibaka would have been huge in this series, right? Because he would have done everything to, to, to offset some of the stuff that Rudy Gobert does. But I just think that their team is so locked in. As a team, they're well-balanced. They got Jordan Clarkson off the bench, and they let him do what he does, and he delivers. Uh, you got Conley. You got so many shooters, and it's not just Donovan Mitchell. It's not just a good defensive team. You just have depth and balance. And I think right now Utah looks so good where Philly has that, you know, they, they're still dealing with some stuff. Obviously, you don't know about Embiid's health and all the stuff surrounding that. But I think Utah has been the most impressive team with Phoenix being a close second. Plus, Donovan Mitchell's the greatest player in the history of the Jazz, right, Richard? Oh, man. Wow, man. Stephen A., that's your guy. That's your guy. You work with him. <laughs> I do love him. I do I love, love him. him. You've got to love him. But I'm like, Stephen A., like, come on. Dog. Like, even if, and, and I didn't go as far as to say it that. Uh, but I was like, even if he wins a championship this year, he ain't the greatest player in the Jazz. So, like, let's not start doing that. Is he on his way? But I just think that people need to understand that, like, the competitiveness that goes you know, Luka Doncic has had historic years. He's not the best player to ever play for the Mavericks, right? Like that's just not the truth. It's not the truth. Now, is he on his way? Mm-hmm. Is he, you know, another seven, eight years of it? Yeah, we're going to be talking about like him being better than Dirk. But let's not give people that are five, six, seven years into their career, you know, and, and then now all of a sudden we want to put them in a, in a place with people that did it for twenty. Like I just think that's unfair. I know it's fun clickbait, but I think that's unfair to how hard people worked for damn near two decades to establish who they are and what they stood for to to, to just kind of gloss over that quickly. Okay, so to wrap this thing up, Richard, other than just get healthy, what do the Nets need to do? What what can be done that can be somewhat controlled um, to get them where they need to go, which is the next round? What do you have for me on that front? I, I really think that they just have to shoot the ball really well. And I think Kevin Durant, when you look at they don't truly have a backup point guard. Um, you know, Mike James is more of a scorer. Um, so I, I think they Kevin Durant's got to get you eight, nine assists and has got to get you 30, 35 points. 
guys are going to have to shoot the ball well, and they're going to have to keep playing defense. I know there's a lot of questions about the Nets' defense, but their defense has actually been, I don't want to say a non-story, but it's been a non-story because they haven't been lacking in defense. So uh, I think they're just going to have to shoot the ball you know, pretty crazily over the next two games. Uh, because Milwaukee looks like their shooting is starting to pick up. These guys are starting to settle in. So that's really it. I think their defense has been quality enough. They just got to make sure that they're hitting enough shots, and that's going to be difficult without two of the great scorers you know, in the league on the team. Richard Jefferson, I appreciate it. I always enjoy our chats. You always make me smarter, and if you don't mind, I'll look for my call over the next couple of uh, rounds as well. I'd love to do it. Oh, 100%. I appreciate you having me on. Always. Thank you. That's uh, Richard Jefferson. I follow him on Twitter. Uh, You should as well. What is At rjeff24, correct? On Twitter? Right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Look at you. You nailed the whole, if they had Serge Ibaka, things would be better. You love it when analysts come on and echo what you have to say. I do. Brockman does. I know that. Del Tufo's <laughs> yet to have that sort of sensibility. I mean, I I mean, I mean, say a lot of dumb stuff, so every now and then when I do say something, it's right. You right. Know, it just makes me feel good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but he did say uh, the Joker should not have been ejected from that game. Yeah. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Uh, we'll set up the rest of our show. Lots going on. In the National Football League world, Bill Belichick, everybody, once again asked about somebody who's not there. Good stuff coming up. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I don't know if you're aware, but you going to Yale was brought up on game two of the NBA Finals. No way. Yes, because... Was it the part where the Cavs were really losing at the end? No, it's not that. (laughs) It's not that. No. It's that uh, Jeff Van Gundy, who was on the broadcast, said he went to school with you. No way. In a class. Do you... Sorry, Jeff. Don't remember you. (laughs) You weren't that memorable. (laughs) 
Oops. You don't remember mm-hmm. Jeff Van Gundy? I'm in afraid class? I don't. I'm afraid I don't. Because the reverse is, is true. <laughs> no. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, I so don't. your phone wasn't lighting up from friends saying, No, hey. I wish I'd seen it. I wish I'd seen him. I would have been able to see his face and maybe, you know. But well, I, was, I mean, uh, I think we could. Can we bring up a picture of Jeff yeah. Van Gundy? I don't know. So just stroll down memory lane here with uh, with Jodie Foster. The one in the middle is Jeff Van Gundy. Does that does that ring a bell that to you? That rings no bell whatsoever. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Jeff. <laughs> no class reunions at all with Dean Jodie Foster and Jeff Van Gundy. Okay. I'm thrilled though that that's that's thrilling news to me. We did notice last NBA Finals. I don't think we've had you on since then. That we noticed you mentioned on the air that uh, you were classmates with Jody Foster at Yale, and I th- think yeah. And then you cheap shotted me afterwards. No, I don't know. I don't like, know. Like cheap rider on and well, and just well, like feigned total indifference to my existence in the world. Did I cheap shot you there, Jeff? I mean, it was a setup. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, you know what the crazy part is, and stop me if I've told you the story. Go for it. But, so, our freshman year, there was 12 guys on the floor, and we had some, like, brainiac students, and then we had some misfits that didn't belong there, like myself. And so, we all threw in $100 and said, hey, the first guy uh, that gets a date with Jody Foster, you win the money. Right? So it's 1200 bucks. Wow. So I'm coming back from the gym in the early fall, and there's a candy shop right outside the big quad for freshmen. And all these sirens are going by. And so I stop right in front of the candy store and watch the sirens go by. The popcorn is popping. It smells great. And from behind me, uh, someone goes, man, that popcorn smells good. And I turn around, and I'm going to say, yeah, it does. And it's her. <laughs> And I totally choke, and I say, yeah, yeah, and I run to my dorm, right? I was scared. I was intimidated by her. So if she doesn't remember me, it's because I blew my one chance. Not only at the money, but to meet fame right there. (laughs) YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show for all of our archive material. Back here, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Um, so there is a holdout in the NFL that we're not talking about. It's kind of under Apparently. the radar, too. Seems yeah. like it. Yeah. Seems like it. We haven't gotten full confirmation that he's not there yet. And certainly... Um, he's not there. Uh, he's apparently not there. Yeah. He's definitely he's not, not there. there. The he being Stephon Gilmore, worth uh, on his contract $7 bucks. To say that's bargain basement <laughs> for shutdown corner. <laughs> I mean, even, even, even Filene would say that that's too much in the basement. To use a New England phrase. I always basement went out of business so long ago. I know that. I've <laughs> <laughs> never heard of it, but it's funny. Hey, nationally, folks, there used to be a place, discount de- department store? Department store. Right? Filing what space. What you there, there was uh, what my mom would call schlock. Schlock. A lot of schlock there. At any rate, um, $7 million is very inexpensive. Very expensive. Certainly, um, you, you know, um, if you just want to put Stefan Gilmore in the mindset here, certainly if the organization that is saying that that's what you're going to get uh, spent like drunken sailors on shore leave during the free agency period, a hundred, let me get this right, $159.6 million on free agents, two of them being tight ends. 
you know. So Stephon Gilmore, wherever he was, I guess is thinking, I'm not, I'm not going mandatory yeah, minicamp. Okay, Q. Bill Belichick being asked on his first Zoom. By the way, for a guy who reportedly, supposedly, does not care to talk to media, he talks to media a lot, <laughs> a lot. I mean, he during is the very season available. Two, multiple days. He is available. Yes. I mean, some coaches during the season speak once a week. That's it. Tomlin, right? Like you get one day a week, and then you speak to him after the game, and that's it. Belichick is available multiple times, and he does his own show locally, you know, on TV, right? Yeah, he does, and he uh, does his radio hit. Yeah, radio hits. He does the the clicker segment with Zolak. I mean, he is he speaks yeah. a lot. Yeah. The question you just got to ask that you just got to pinpoint it. You got to land on the head of the pin. Ask the right question. So now asking Bill about, hey, uh, Stephon Gilmore, is he holding out? Go for it. You mentioned uh, being happy to see some new faces. Is Stephon Gilmore one of those faces today? Yeah, like I said, we were kind of scrambling to get things going this morning, so uh, uh, I, I didn't really get a chance to, to see everybody myself, so we'll see where we're at. And just in general, you know, obviously we haven't seen him during the voluntary portion of the OTAs. Just how important is he to to your back end and what he brings to the team? Yeah, well, there's a lot of players we haven't seen in OTAs, and, um, you know, it's uh, all the players are important and, you know, like to have all of them. One of 53, one of 90, everybody. Scrambling, apparently it was the, the weather was a problem today. People getting to New England and checking in and haven't seen everybody. Play the other one, Hoskins. We'll play this one again. Yeah, when, sure. uh, uh, the reason why we're going to play it again is because the voice you hear is of our second-hour guest. Oh. Tommy Curran asking this question. You... You understand how the operation works. We don't see people out there at mandatory minicamp. Are you saying let's not go over the barricades here? If there's a, it's not that big a deal, in other words? No, I'm saying today's the first day. They just got in here a little while ago. Uh, I'm not sure if everybody is here. Um, we didn't take attendance at the meeting. Um, but we'll find out, you know. Who's here and who isn't soon enough. Thank you. That includes the players that were here last week and the players that weren't here last week and everything else. All right, we're going to play that again for Tom. (laughs) (laughs) Go over the barricades here. We didn't take attendance. attendance. Chris Brockman? Here. Present. Uh, Mike Del Tufo? Here. Bueller. Uh, Richard Eisen? Bueller. 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 <laughs> hey, there, there are some words for a guy again who does who, who who speaks in monotone. You could tell when he just let he he, he gives a little bit of emphasis to didn't take attendance. <laughs> yeah. So we'll take attendance with Tommy Curran later on. Hey, listen, man, Gilmore is going to play. That's it. I don't know what they're going to. I, I I the same way that Aaron Rodgers is going to play. And that's it. I mean, certain players might have more leverage. Will Gilmore have the same amount of leverage as a quarterback? I doubt it, but eh, he's pretty po- crucial defensive member. Defensive player of the year, yeah, he's, he's really important. Member. Well, two years ago, defensive player. Two, that's right, yeah. two years ago. A defensive really player. Really important. Not the reigning defensive player of the year, but he is a defensive player. Once a defensive player of the year, always, always a, a defensive, defensive player? player of the year. Who and, won? man, you know, we'll talk about this maybe later in the week when we do a full segment on it, but... Is there more of an American football conference shrug emoji team 
than the New England Patriots. Where look, you could also you could say we don't know what the Bengals are going to be. They could be pretty, you know, they, you get higher register. They could be pretty good. Same thing with the Denver Broncos. They could be pretty good. You know, we, we don't know. I mean, right, a team that drafted in the top ten, we don't know. But right there in the middle of that first round, they could go in either direction. They could be drafting top ten, or they could be drafting in the last ten. Come twenty twenty two. Yeah, you could talk me into ten eleven wins. Dude, you could this, talk me into seven. This offense would have been exactly what Brady would have signed up for. Yeah, free to, agent to receivers who can stretch remade. the field. Yes. Possession guys who can make big plays at tight end. Let me tell you this also. Uh, Hold on a second. Versatile running back core that they have. Right I mean, there. Right there. Let's put a pin in that right there. Stop right there. Damian Harris, Sony Michelle, James White. You could put that up with anybody's running back room in the National Football League. Yeah. Anybody's. Damian Harris. Especially when one of those guys basically won you a Super Bowl. Damian Harris and Sony Michelle could be the same version of, of Sony Michelle's Georgia teammate and Kareem Hunt. But Sony Michelle is, you know, does he come out of the backfield and catch it? That's James White's bailiwick. Right. So, but Damian Harris could turn into a 20 carry, 25 carry back if the Patriots allow him to. Don't take him off the field and put Sony Michelle in there and don't take him off the field and it's now James White's territory because it's third down or or there's a matchup that's going to be a problem because there will be a problem matchup for a defense facing the Patriots if they put John Smith and Hunter Henry out there and Nelson Aguilar was taking tops of defenses off in the desert last year in Las Vegas, every Raider fan knows. And every Eagle fan knows, you know, outside of that unfortunate soundbite from just the man on the street talking about he was glad that whoever caught the baby out of the burning building wasn't Nelson Aguilar. Remember that? I do. In Philadelphia? (laughs) Aguilar? Shrug emoji. And the defense, which, you know, Jeff Howe, the athletic, talked about that's a top five defense in the making. Certainly if Gilmore's there. Yep. And they've got a third place schedule. I cannot... Stress that enough. It's a third-place schedule, which means they are taking on the third-place team in every division that they face on their schedule. Anybody from any division outside of the division that they, they – look, you face a divi- you play, face another division in conference and out of conference. And then a 17th game is a, a, a similar finishing place team in another division in the NFC. And – that's you know, the Cowboys that's year. the Dallas Cowboys, yeah. unbelievably, by the way. Yeah. I mean, so you could sit here and say, well, third place schedule isn't very easy when you're having the Cowboys thrown on it. I don't know, man. That first yeah. game against Miami, which also has a mandatory minicamp this week, Tua versus maybe Mac Jones or is it Cam? That's what it's all about is that quarterback. That's really what it's all about. Well, the funny thing is, is the first is three games on this schedule all have question marks as well. Well, because it's t- it, you're going to be facing Tua and then Zach Wilson and then Jameis Winston. And we don't know what any of those guys are going to look Absolutely. like. Absolutely. And then Tom Brady. Oh, yeah, yeah. But if both teams are 3-0 oh, going into that game. Every single executive that's clearly <laughs> always watching on NBC Sports on Peacock right now is on their hands and knees every night, putting in Joe Boo's rum or whatever they got to do yep. to make sure that it's three and zero versus three and zero, and Al and Chris oh. and the gang strolling in on that Sunday night of Week Four. God, Ooh. if you listen and help, I need somebody. It's entirely possible. 
I mean, entirely possible. Certainly with the Dallas Cowboys being their first game in Tampa. <laughs> I mean, because as you know, anybody who was born in 1997 or later will never root for the Cowboys because they were always ASS, as Kyler Murray said. This wow! Weekend. Oh, I heard that sound. He woke up and chose violence. Back here on Peacock. Wow! I spelled it out. No, I'll just say ass. Now that we're on Peacock. Yeah. Oh I mean, where did that come from? That was unnecessary. That's what Kyler Murray said this week. Didn't you hear that soundbite? Yeah, I was hoping. Kyler, would you, ever, you know, I was hoping we'd skip over that. He's from the state of Texas. You were a Cowboy fan, right? Growing up. No, they were always ass. Says a guy born in 1997. Yes. Says a guy born in 1997. Not alive for the triplets. Not alive for Starback and Danny White after him. Not alive for that. Alive from what? Chad Hutchinson and Quincy Carter on. Chad Hutchinson. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Now, it might be, you know, Drew Henson, to, right? to throw, he, to throw that, that body part in association with their wins and loss record may be very difficult to hear, but. Yeah, I mean, 1997, he, you're born in 97. How many NFC championship games have you seen since then? The answer is zero. Jets have been more. <laughs> Jets have been a lot more. Two. Uh, excuse me. You're discounting here that they made it so Mark Schlereth could get his middle finger Super oh, Bowl ring. that's true. There was that one, too. So, there's that. Rex Ryan has been way more than anybody that's been associated with the Dallas Cowboys. So, you can't, I mean, can you blame Kyle Murray? I don't root for them. I'm a front runner. I don't root for the Cowboys. Tough to hear. Tough to swallow. But all understandable. Settle down just a little Sorry, bit. Sorry, Mr. Jones, I spit truth. I mean, we went to the playoffs like six times oh, in 10 years. Come on, Kyler. I heard that from Kyler Murray. It's like, wow, that's pretty harsh. But yet, you're talking to somebody who's 23, 24 years of age. Tell me about the Dallas Cowboys. What have you seen from them? Did we play the, the Arizona this year? You, better hope you did last play. year, and guess who came in and, you know, Spanked you in the same uh, body part. Again, you're bringing up old Arizona stuff Arizona and much. Connor Murray. You're bringing up old stuff. <laughs> Last year. It's a new season, oh, baby. baby. No, no, it's going to be great. No. It will be great. It's going to be amazing. It will be great. It will be great. It will be great. But you, can't, you cannot look at what Connor Murray had to say and say other than just, you know, his choice of words. That's right. <laughs> and even that was kind of accurate. Preseason week two. Let's get him. Coming up, talk some Aaron Rodgers in a moment. 